Man, thank you all for uh, being so welcoming, uh, so friendly, and, uh, and loving on one another. I want to come down here. I want to share a few things with you all because um, it's kind of a, uh, this is a different day. Uh, it's a special day because uh, I have some, some news to share about where we're going uh, in our life uh, as a church, as a church family. You know, I, uh, it's been an honor to uh, plant and lead Bellwether. And I always tell folks this, that uh, my wife and I, when we first really had uh, the vision to, to plant a church, not necessarily Bellwether, but a desire, and this was back in 06, 07, you know, we always were like, you know, we don't want to plant a church uh, to play church. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but uh, we have uh, experienced, and I've experienced, you know, playing church. I mean, y'all know the deal. And I was like, I don't want to go into this to, to play church. Uh, even so much, like, I, I don't want to do this or go into this to, like, just build a, a nice church. Uh, now, that may be uh, why, why, why some of y'all go to church or come here, and, and that's, that's okay. Just sharing a little bit of my heart now. You know, I got into this uh, to start a church uh, because uh, I want to change the world. Now, now I can't, and, and I, honestly, I don't even like saying I want to change the world. I do believe that Jesus is changing the world through his church. And, and I was excited to be part of that and then have the church that, that ultimately became Bellwether to be part of that as well. And, and I still, uh, to share my heart more, just have this, this passion, uh, this drive uh, to reach lost people. And, and that's probably a you know, politically incorrect thing to say, you know, lost. We used to show this video. Some of y'all be like, I wish you'd show it more about this. Uh, there was a young lady, um, you know, saying, why do you call me lost? It was, it was very powerful. Some of y'all who were at the courthouse, you probably remember it. But I still have that desire. And, you know, I got the, the blessing to, uh, to go to Colorado over, uh, over spring break week and was in Crested Butte. And so I'm always thinking, I go to these places like, man, this, this place needs a church here. I mean, you know, I mean, there are people, you know, literally worshiping the mountains um, you know, worshiping nature, worshiping some unnatural things, you know, in Colorado. And uh, now, I, I'm not going to go start a church in Crested Butte. Although, hey, I thought about it. I thought about it. Or I thought about doing a bellwether at Crested Butte, and somebody like, hey, send me, send me. Uh, it is beautiful. You know, then we're, uh, we're also getting involved uh, in this mission with a church uh, in Oxford, I know Oxford, you know, needs churches, you know, hedonistic capital of the world. But there's a church in Oxford that we are, uh, you know, we're honored and blessed uh, to be part of this group now called the Italy Collective that is trying to plant churches in Italy. Not giving any money to it yet, not really involved yet. It's kind of more conversation starter. But, you know, I was talking to a guy about uh, Turin, Italy uh, is one of the world capitals for Satanism. Satanism. Uh, more witches in Turin, Italy than, I don't know, Italians, I guess. Anyway, but, you know, the Turin, Italy is where the Shroud of Mary is supposed to be, and, you know, it's become this place for satanic cults. And, anyway, I'm sharing my heart because things like that move my heart. Like, Turin needs a church. So my point in all this is that, you know, I got into Bellwether, I mean, to, to Christianize the world, to do what little I could in, in my time, in my life, uh, to do so. And, it is, uh, it's, it's also been an honor to see that Bellwether has taken steps to do so. I mean, one of, one of the, 
I know pride's the original sin, but one of the things I'm most proud about is, um, is the things we do for the kingdom all over the world. Uh, many of you have been to Honduras. Many of you are going to Honduras. I mean, we got 51 folks signed up to go to Honduras this summer. I mean, I mean praise God, you know, amen, 51. Um, we, uh, you know, we've been to Italy, uh, India, excuse me, now three times, and, uh, you know, it's an honor that we give, um, we not only support, I mean, we support their entire lives uh, for four church planters that are planting four churches uh, in, in the Bengal area outside Calcutta, India. $150 a month times four. I'm not a math major, but I think that's 600 a month. And that's their life. So, so four pastors that are trying to expand the kingdom, and, and we give to them. Uh, a couple that we know and, and, and visited in, uh, I want to say Dubai, but it's not Dubai. It's actually the Emirates, United Arab Emirates. So, you know, in, in the middle, not the Mecca, but, but in the middle of the Islamic world, and, I mean, you look at the news, Islamic world ain't too good right now. Uh, and they are planting a church uh, in Emirates. Guy from South Haven, girl from Oxford, you know, we visit them. They're trying to raise money to build a building. We give $200 a month uh, to them. I mean, it's not a ton, but that's $2,400 a year. And so I want you all to know these things because, I mean, this church is expanding the kingdom of God you know, by the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's really not us. But we are making decisions to do so using the faculties that God has given us. And that, that, that really gives me joy. So, so missions has always been front and center in the life of this church. And you say, well, what do you do locally? You know, everybody's, yeah, you know, I'm called locally. I like to say this, you know, we are so active in local missions. I call local missions basically PR. <coughs> PR. And I don't mean PR the way we think about PR. I mean property and relationships. Our local missions is PR, property. We give this property now um, in, in a great way. Uh, to use to other groups, non-Christian groups even. Because I believe God gave this church this property, and we want to be good stewards of it. And we want to increase that giving and the use of this property more and more. But also relationships. I mean, it, it astounds me uh, the relational capacity and leverage uh, people in our church family have within this community. Uh, in schools, public and private, I mean, we have people here who've started chapels at private schools, people who've started Bible studies in schools, people who've started Bible studies at work. And I always say that the big thrust of our local missions is not like going down to build a house in, I don't know, South or West Jackson. I mean, we've done that before, and we'll probably do that again, but local missions is us going out and being missionaries uh, being pastors, you're like, I'm not called to be a pastor. If you're a Christian, you're called to go and use our relationships for the kingdom. And so many of y'all do that in the medical profession, in the business profession, in the political life. Yes, you can be Christian and a politician. We've seen this. And so we want to leverage our PR, property and relationships, more for the kingdom. I'm proud that we're a family church, as in like we are a family but we want to be a family for you. I talk about this in, in baptism, where whether you're young or wise, you, know, you have a new family now, 
a family that's bigger than you can ever imagine or dream, both here at Bellwether and all over the world. We want you to see that family. But our mission is not just to be a family. We want to be a family on mission. And I have to remind myself and remind all of us, because our our deal, our our DNA is like, hey, I got my friends, uh, I got my my peeps, you know, I got my my supper club that I'll call, you know, a church group. And so, so I'm good, and, you know, we'll grow old together, and we'll live life together. But there are others, John 10, 16. And so we want to invite others to be part of this family, which is God's family. We want to invite you to be part of that. And then last, I mean, it comes down to a person, you. You know, this church is really founded on the principle that, that anybody can be a leader for Christ. Like, how do you say that? How do you know that? Well, it says it in the Bible. Right? Where does it say that in the Bible? Well, Peter, Paul, all the disciples, you know, they weren't like stalwart, star students, although Paul was. But Paul was also a murderer. And anybody can... Not by your works, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be changed. And that's what we always want to emphasize. Raising leaders, raise families who raise the kingdom. So God is continuing to do a work here. He's doing much. He will continue to do much through family ministry. I thank Miss Lori Reed. She just walked in. I called you out earlier. but That's okay. But her, her passion for missions instilled in family ministry and in youth. God is growing that. Some of uh, our B group leaders uh, who work every week to send out texts and send out emails and get a place to meet. And I talked to them. It's like, you know, you know I didn't know if anything was going to go on that night. And then like a miracle happened in our midst. And I want to see that more and more. That church is not just here. It's in homes. God's doing a great work. Raise more. I've talked about this. I've talked about what we give to Missions. Talked about a million dollars, a great dream to raise uh, in a year. You know, will we raise a million dollars a year? I definitely think we can because I know it's there. I know it's there. You know, whether God chooses to move on hearts, uh, to give, you're like, what's raised more? It's initiative outside of our budget to raise a million dollars where 50% goes into the kingdom, mission efforts in the world, 50% goes to the property here. Over and above. So you know if you wrote a check for two bucks to raise more, one dollar's going out automatically. And I got guys that'll keep us accountable on that. Right, Heisel? <laughs> right, Wolf? Yep. Amen. Okay. Now, God's doing what? You're like, what are you doing? Why are you saying all this? I thought the sermon wasn't for another song. Well, it's a special day, okay? So I'm going to share a little special word. So who leads this deal? Like, who leads this work? Some of you always say, well, you lead it. I mean, okay, so I, I, I do give leadership. First, Jesus leads it. But then, you know, in God's Word, He talks about leadership in the church. And this is a special day because where we're going in the life of the church, uh, we're expanding our leadership. Uh, it has been an honor for me to plant and pastor Bellwether. And I don't plan on going anywhere, just so you know. So this is not a, you know, that kind of talk, okay? That, that kind of talk. <laughs> it's not. Some of you might be like, dang it. Okay, anyway, just joking, hopefully. Anyway, so, but we are expanding our leadership. Uh, biblical leadership, you may not know this, you may. 
I've talked about it several times, really over the past 18 months. I did a series, November of 2012, on, called Witnesses. And it was really about church life. I encourage you all to go to the app, look on that sermon series. I did, a whole, you know, I did a sermon on how to handle conflict in the church, you know, fights in the church between people, between groups. I did a sermon on leadership in the church, which is elders. Excuse me, eldership. And I've also continued to talk about as we rolled out uh, our membership covenant, which is on our website. We really get into elders and eldership, leadership in the church there. I've talked about a lot on Wednesday nights, for those of you who be here. But, you know, we've taken a long time, uh, and I've tried to share also individually, one-on-one with groups. But today is a, is a great day in the life of this church because we're taking a step to expand, I mean, really the, the pastoral I don't use that word, pastoral leadership of the church, uh, by nominating our first slate of elders. Okay? Now, what's an elder? I want to uh, read a couple, and this is actually not the sermon. You're like, how long are we going to be today? i got a short message, okay? It's really a devotion. But I want to read, and these, I know what you think, brothers and sisters. I know how we think. I think that way too, if I was sitting there. 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. What is an elder? Uh, it should be up on screen. It is. Uh, write this down, because I want you all to look up. I really want it to be kind of seared, especially in our members' mind. What's an elder? 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. The Bible talks about what an elder looks like. It says, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of elder or overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if anyone does not know how to manage his own house, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may be puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Write this passage down. Uh, Read over it. Uh, Our staff, our deacon team has read over it many times because we've spent several months talking about this. This is where God's word talks about eldership. It also talks about in Titus 1, but I wanted to use this passage. Now also, what do elders do? It's like, okay, that's great what they are, but what what do they do? Another passage is 1 Peter. Write this down too. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. This is Peter. Peter the rock. Peter the disciple. uh, One of the leaders. So he says, I exhort the elders among you, he's writing to churches, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory of that it's going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Shepherding, caring, pastoring, loving, in humility. So Peter's kind of saying like, you know, if if you want power and authority... You don't need to be an elder. These two passages are, I think, great in showing 
who an elder is, what an elder does. Now, what is interesting to me, and I've read a lot on this, the Bible says nothing about the process to get or institute elders in a church. It, doesn't, it says nothing. It says who they are. It says what they do. Uh, now, a lot of folks that are smarter than me, biblical scholars, and, and I do think this is very important, say that it is that way because as the church grows through the centuries, and it has, each local church uh, can determine and discern with people in leadership how that process should, should play out. So for us at Bellwether, uh, we started Bellwether. I mean, really, we, we like to say, you know, first members, Linda and Jack, you know, 07. Then a couple others came, and then House. And, so we started, we didn't have elders. And we've grown to missions, ministries, have a great deacon team of servant leaders who give oversight to finances, to property, to staff. We have a great staff, people that serve in different areas. But we, we have not had an elder team. We've not had an elder team. A couple months ago, you know, after I preached on it, a couple months ago, I brought up staff that, you know, really felt led to, to nominate uh, two men uh, to be the first elders here. And then I brought it up with deacons. And let me say this, this is a very humbling process, both for me and our staff showed a lot of humility. Really, our deacons showed a lot of humility because this elders lead the church. And so when I say, you know, I nominate these elders, they know, well, these, these are the men who are going to lead the church. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. But in terms of the process, like, well, what's the process you have? So I've done a lot of reading, what other churches do, a lot of praying, uh, a lot of listening to God. And, you know, I think a very good process, I like to build a consensus is that because this is the first slate of elders, um, as the planner is pastor, it's my honor to nominate them. But I want to take 30 days after this. Just because I nominate someone does not mean they become an elder. Because the two men I'm about to mention, uh, y'all may say, I know some things uh, that are not in 1 Timothy 3. Now, let me give a caveat. Those things might be 20 years ago. I mean, look, let me be honest. I got folks I know who's like, I will never come to Bellwether because I knew John U. Tate then and when, okay? And it wasn't like two weeks ago, thank God, but it was like 20 years ago, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about now and the here and now. And if you know, I mean, I'm nominating, but everybody's got their blind spots. So I'm saying this, and there's a lot of humility in these men. Say, I'm going to stand. Like, I'll stand trial for 30 days. Honestly, I've already stood trial for a couple months and talking it through with the deep team with staff. They've been very humble. They said, I don't, I don't have to do this. Actually, the people that I've thought of, none of them ask position. Okay? But if you know something, we're taking 30 days, so a month. 30 days. If you know something, then a good process, a healthy process, a process that is not played out in a lot of churches, come to me and we will sit down with the nominee. I say it's not played out in a lot of other churches, because a lot of the churches, like, We'll talk or pick up the phone or talk to somebody else and, you know, talk in church politics. A healthy way is if you know something, let's address it. We'll address it with a person. And, and it may, you may be right, and the person may not be. These people have said it may come up, and so this, this is not an automatic deal. But in the next 30 days, if you know something, come and talk. 
Now, also, you're like, well, you're nominating them. Subsequently, after this first slate, uh, any covenant member, any covenant member, uh, can nominate someone for eldership. I do think it needs to be in certain seasons of the year. It's not like wide open any time, okay? But, you know, in time, next year, we'll have another opportunity nominating elders. And if you're a covenant member, I emphasize covenant membership. We have a covenant. I go over this. I believe in this. Any member can, can nominate someone else. We'll do the same process, 30 days, and somebody else may say, you know, I don't... It's not in First Timothy 3, and we can talk it through. But this is where God has led us. Man, it, it's been a good price. It's been a healthy price. I want to thank our deacon team, really, for their discernment, for their humility. I want to thank our staff. Uh, and I want to ask, it's uh, my honor to nominate um, Chris Kellum. Chris, would you come and stand up? And I also... And this is interesting. I want to nominate Dr. David Carroll, uh, who is not here. So, <laughs> and uh, I talked to him, and, and something has come up medically, and um, it's actually indicative about, uh, we call him Doc, that's why I said Doctor is, uh, is a servant's heart. But, uh, you know, Chris is up here, and um, it's an honor to stand with him as well. Chris is, uh, you know, I like to say this about Chris. Y'all, y'all see him a lot in a worship capacity. And, you know, we used to kid the early days, you know, Chris was a rock star. He hated that. Uh, he still does. We joke around, you know, like 07, 08 and stuff. But anyway, y'all see him in his gifts for worship. He's got great gifts for worship. And I always say this. I, I wish y'all could see some things that I see in, his, uh, in the gifts God has given him in strategy, uh, in wisdom, uh, and above all, in, in really, you know, prayerfully uh, thinking things through. Uh, there have been multiple, uh, dozens you know, of staff meetings where we'll come to an issue and Chris say, man, we just need to pray. And, and that, that's eldership. That's eldership. Uh, often, kind of what we're doing, I mean, we, I, I believe Chris is a de facto elder. We're just kind of formalizing that here, in my opinion. But, like I said, there, there are blind spots. And Chris said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'll stand up here and take this 30 days. God's given him wisdom. God's given him discernment. God's given him a heart for Scripture, to grow in Scripture. So um, just, I'm thankful for your leadership and, uh, and I understand before you. Now, uh, David Carroll, who's not here, I do want to say a word about him. I, I say it's indicative that, uh, that he's not here. He, uh, you know, David is uh, someone that I've seen who is, uh, and, and he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll have to stand up here next Sunday. So, uh, so those who don't know him can see him. But he has a, a passionate heart for the kingdom uh, and service. And uh, there, there is no job, like, too low. Uh, I, I have seen him just covered like in uh, mud, sweat, and tears in a 10-foot hole in Honduras year after year after year. And, you know, to do that, that doesn't mean, you know, you get nominated to be an elder. But it's more the heart of just, you know, he doesn't want it. He, you know, his, his actions definitely speak louder than his words. Uh, but I've also, like Chris, uh, several times he's, he's been in men's groups. I've, I've been with him. Uh, he said, you know, we need to pray about this. There have been several times, and I, let me just say this, not many people do this, and I'm not asking for it, but several times he's off work. He stops by that White House, and he comes in, and he says, I just want to pray over you. Like, you're our pastor. You know, he doesn't tell anybody that, so I just want to pray for you. And we don't talk. We don't talk any business of the church. He just prays, and then he's gone. And uh, that's, that's powerful stuff. So he'll stand before y'all next week. But uh, I want to pray for these men 
And let me say this, you know, this is a Sunday morning, and, you know, we all got lunch, and I got a brief sermon to give, too. So, um, you probably want to talk more. Man, I, I really value authenticity and transparency. You can meet with me. Uh, Wednesday nights is, is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, I know we got family stuff on Wednesday nights, but Wednesday nights is more of a, a small group forum that we talk about these things, and so I invite y'all. But I invite y'all also to think, read over the Scripture, you know, if you have something, let, let's talk about it and talk about it with Chris. But this is a, this is a healthy deal. I, I'm excited because it's the way God set up the church. And we want to be a biblical church. And we want to follow God. And, uh, and we're doing everything we can in our very broken, frail, you know, human form to do so. So I want to pray for Chris, pray for Doc, he's out. And then we're going to worship together. Uh, and then... We will have a, a word from the Lord, okay? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Chris. Thank you for Doc. I thank you for their families who have uh, served your kingdom in, in many yet different ways. Uh, I thank you for the leadership of this church. I thank you for the process from uh, putting elder leadership uh, on my heart, on other leaders' hearts, uh, 18, 20 months ago. Really taking us through time as a staff, uh, taking us through time as deacons, taking us through time as covenant members, uh, and now in this process to, to build a, a true elder team in the life of Bellwether, to, to do more for your kingdom, uh, to do more in the world, uh, God willing to, to plant churches, to help other church planters, to expand your kingdom, to not play church. And uh, so just by the power of your Holy Spirit, give us wisdom to do so. Thank you for Chris who's here, for his friendship, uh, for his loyalty to you and your kingdom. Uh, for the hard decisions he's had to make, uh, for his family, for his parents who are here, uh, for his kids, and just growing them in the life and heart of Bellwether. Thank you for Doc, uh, the change that I've seen in his life just over, uh, over the years, and, and the heart for your kingdom, and the heart for service and love, and to, um, to do for others. So we lift them up now. I lift up the next 30 days, this process. I lift up this church to you, in Jesus' name. Amen.